How can we teach civics in a way that is culturally responsive and sensitive to the needs of our students in the classroom, particularly when studying issues that may not be abstract, but may actually impact and directly concern our students? We are often really attentive to who is in the room. And for better or worse, we will often avoid certain conversations because we worry about traumatizing or harming kids in the room, particularly if they are members of a marginalized group and if they are in the minority. But at the same time, it is kind of weird and unfortunate if we feel comfortable having conversations about really complex issues with nobody from the affected group in the room. Go back, say, to the question about transgender bathroom access. It is understandable and right that teachers are concerned about the impact of such a discussion or debate on their transgender or gender questioning or gender queer students. But it might be equally problematic in a different way for students in a school to have a debate about bathroom access in the absence of anybody who identifies as transgender or um, non-binary or whatever, right? Because there's likely going to be a greater lack of understanding or empathy, and it can all feel very distant and intellectualized and so forth. So it means that we actually have to face this question of who is in the classroom or in the community and how we should talk about issues that are of impact on people who are and aren't in the community equally, whether or not they're there, right? Because again, if we're going to talk about, say, the travel ban, or if we're going to talk about the impact of uh, climate policy on island countries, or if we're going to talk about the impact of the trade war on farmers, or whatever, right? It is equally problematic if we have a small group of kids representing the potentially most affected group in the classroom and if we have no such kids. And of course, there's often invisibility, whether intentional, because kids are just going to hide from us and from each other, features of their identity that they fear are going to lead to them being ostracized or mocked or misunderstood, and or, you know, for a whole variety of other reasons, right, that these things may be invisible. So we can't assume that ever that we know, actually, who we have in the classroom or in the community with us. So that's a really long preamble. Then to this question of, okay, so then how do we do this well and do this right, given that any controversial issue that we are discussing is going to have disproportionate impact on people. That is not a reason to avoid the issue. What I will say over and over again is that these are live issues in our rather fragile democracy. And 
hence are unavoidable. At the very least, when kids graduate from high school or leave high school and they turn 18 and so forth, they will have the rights and the responsibilities to vote on these issues, to be uh, implicated in these issues in various ways. And so we don't save anybody by failing to address them earlier. It's also the case, second, that those who are most affected by these controversial issues and policy choices tend to know that already. It's not as if, if we're silent about it in the classroom, then they are free of the worry, of the awareness. They're often living with that regardless. We have kids who are terrified each day when they leave for school that when they get home, their parent may not be there. Their parent may have been picked up and deported. And they are living with that whether or not we discuss our current immigration policies and deportation policies. So that's a second feature, is that we often like to think that we are protecting kids by failing to address issues when really we're merely being complicit and being silent about it. We do need to be conscious and conscientious to the extent that we can be of who is in our classroom or who might be in our classroom and do preparatory work with kids about this. One thing is to really impress on kids that these are serious and important issues that do have real, often life-altering effects. And again, it's not only the issues, say, around deportation or gender identity or whatever, right? But it's also things like, I mean, I brought up the farmers and the trade wars for a reason. Worries about unemployment, about one's parent losing a job, questions about long-term disability. Like, you know, there are all sorts of questions and worries that kids have and that families have and that communities have that have life-altering consequence. And so being clear with kids that these are really important issues to discuss and debate, but that we always need to be mindful that they have emotional weight, historical weight, cultural weight, and real consequences for real people, whether or not those people are in our classroom. And so to treat them seriously and respectfully as a result, that's part of it. Part of it can also be actually being willing to stop things, have timeout places, have opportunities for affinity groups, you know, solidaristic spaces, et cetera, for kids and or adults to come together and talk about what they're experiencing, hearing, feeling, et cetera. Not everything has to be or should be processed in a whole group session. And I think making time and space for that and recognizing that that may be necessary 